0: Welcome to our great class this day. I'm your instructor, Dr. D. Todd Harrison, as we continue to feast upon the words of Jesus Christ as taught in the Holy Scriptures. Uh, This week we continue now, as we will throughout the rest of the year, in the glorious Old Testament, as we see how God has revealed his plan to his children throughout the history of this uh, earth, at least since the time of Adam, our uh, uh, father and uh, patriarch. And so, it'll be a glorious day as well as we look today at the creation of the heavens and the earth and how all things give and shout glory to Him who sits upon the throne, even God, our eternal Heavenly Father, and His Son Jesus Christ. And of them I testify that I know them, they know me, and of them I testify to you. They both live today. Our Father in heaven. Loves you, you are his spiritual chil- children. You're a child of the most high God. I testify of Jesus Christ that he lived and he died and was crucified on behalf of the sins of this world, giving, allowing all of us to approach our heavenly father in humble prayer to seek forgiveness. He promises he will forgive us of our sins and wrap his heavenly arms around us and welcome us home to his eternal family. Let's look this week at uh, Genesis, the first book in the Bible, Genesis. We start now with the very first uh, book, so it'll be a great uh, lesson today. I appreciate those of you who have been patient with us the last two years as we've waited uh, for this uh, year as, as we go now into the Old Testament in 2022, and then we will look at the glorious New Testament in the year 2023. Let's look now at Genesis. We'll look at uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, and we'll see what mighty glorious things are revealed here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now let's look at the original here, right? Elohim In the beginning, the gods, the Elohim. They are gods in the plural. The Elohim is the word that is being translated into the English word here. God has come from Elohim. L would be singular, Elohim in Hebrew. The I am is a plural. So it does not say in the beginning, God. It says in the beginning, the gods, the Elohim, the gods, created the Shemaim. The heavens in the plural, not the heaven singular and the earth. The heavens, plural, and the earth. In the King James, we get heaven singular because the people are based in their translation based off their theology, and they're incorrect here. It is shamayim, again, with the, with the I am Hebrew plural, the heavens. In uh, more modern translations, we get the heavens. The, uh, in fact, speaking of the King James version, the New King James version does have heavens in the plural, as well as many other modern translations, because that's the word here. The heavens, plural. We know they are plural because Paul says in First Corinthians 15, there is a glory of the sun, the moon, and the stars. So at least three, uh, the, uh, the heavens, is taught in the uh, in the scriptures. So we would expect the heavens, plural, uh, to be here, and indeed it is plural. Now, again, we ask the question, who is the only church upon the earth who believes in the heavens, plural? And that, again, is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All other Christian denominations believe in the heaven, singular. But the problem is heaven is never taught in the Bible. All the way from Genesis 1-1, it's heavens, plural. We get to the New Testament. We get three heavens in the and, and Paul in, in, the, in the Corinthians 15, where he's, there's a glory of the sun, the moon, and the stars. We now learn through modern revelation that the, that is uh, the name for the sun. The glory of the sun is the celestial. The glory of the moon is the terrestrial. And the glory of the stars is the telestial. The names of the three kingdoms of God, celestial, terrestrial, and telestial. There are a minimum of three heavens. And we would learn later on that there's maybe some others uh, above that. But there's at least three heavens, the only church in all the world who believes in the Bible. Once again, in the, the first, very first verse of the Bible, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Jesus Christ Church, the same church he declared more than 160 times in the Doctrine and Covenants to be his only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth, the church in which he is leading and guiding. Through modern revelation, through his servants, the prophets. Let's look now as we continue on and look at seven uh, through eight. Well, the first two, we didn't even look at two yet. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Ah, very interesting, right? What does all the other. Uh, Christian churches believe, right, that like magic, God somehow poofed into being the uh, you know the earth, right? But no, we know that matter is eternal. That was clearly revealed through the prophet Joseph Smith throughout the Doctrine and Covenants and in many other places. the The uh, uh, matter is eternal. Matter is not created; uh, it has always existed. And that's what we have here in verse 2 of the Bible, right? Chapter 1, verse 2 of Genesis teaches that the earth existed, but it was without form and void, right? But the earth existed. The earth has always existed. The matter that which was then turned into this earth, that matter, that uh, those elements had always existed. That's what the Bible says in verse 2. Of Genesis 1. Again, we ask the question, who is the only church upon the whole earth who believes in the Bible? The church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Once again here, verse 2, the only church that believes the Bible, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Other churches take a passage here, a passage there to their liking. They perform it into their own theology. They take them out of context. They do not believe in Genesis 1-1 through Revelation The only church that believes that, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We've already seen here in the first two verses, scriptures of which only the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believes in. No other churches believe this. Okay, and so now we'll look further at um, 7 through 8. And God made the firmament and divided the... Well, just one other point of reference... of. Uh, of uh, insight here we should point out is that how much God loves us and how much God um, chooses and desires to bless us in our lives, that he was so excited to bless us that even before we came to the earth, before we obtained our physical bodies upon the earth, he already created our our rewards. He created the heavens before he put man on the earth. So it's a glorious uh, verse of Scripture Chapter one: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the rewards before He created, you know, us. Uh, you know, as our physical uh, uh, bodies to then be tried and tested as to whether we can go back to live in these heavens. So that's a glorious thing to keep in mind. Now we know that some people will try to argue that that well, the heavens here refers to the universe and to and, and not necessarily to multiple heavens. However, we that uh, 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 argument is turned on its head immediately here in chapter 7 and 8. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God God called the firmament heaven. Now, this is also taking place on what? And the evening and the morning were the second day. This is a totally separate uh, creation than the heavens, and the first verse, the first verse create on day one, God created the heavens, our rewards, where we can go those who are righteous and accept Jesus Christ and follow his commandments can go to the heavens. That was created day one. Day two, the heavens is the rest of the things that we see you know, in the universe and the stars and, and all this type of stuff. So very clear here, two different creations of two different heavens. The first one being the rewards after this life, And the second one here being the things that we see in the firmament and so forth. Okay, let's look at 11 through 13. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Look at that. After its kind. There is no evolution. Those who preach evolution in the universities are wrong right here in Genesis chapter 1 they are wrong there was been no very no evolution there might be some kind of variation or some subtle changes throughout time in different species but a, a bird has always been a bird a human has always been a human right here in Genesis 1 He says here verse 12 and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind and God saw that it was good told right 13 and the evening and the morning were the third day now we we're going to learn a in further insight in in Abraham 5:13 where we 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 don't hear days. We're hearing times. This was the third time. This was the fourth time. This was the fifth time, and and we learn and now we know that Hebrew at yom often is translated as day, but it can be other points of time as well: weeks, years, and and so forth. So uh, the day here is is we learned from modern day Revelation and Abraham five thirteen that this is equivalent to a thousand years because each of these times these days are times these times are equivalent to the revolution on on um, Kolob, which would be one uh, uh, is, is one day on the earth equivalent to 1,000 years so this is not six days of creation as six earthly 24-hour periods this is roughly maybe 6 thousand years during this creation each of these days being a time being equivalent of a thousand years. Okay, and we get here in uh, 14 through 19 the creation of the sun, moon and stars. So they're even still being created after this firmament, the uh, firmament heaven. We get here in 14 and God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years." And the evening and the morning were the fourth day or fourth time. Let's look at 21 to 23. And God created great whales. Now, this is very interesting. This is the Tadanim, the tadanim, which is really uh sea monsters. Uh, the King James is uncomfortable with this, so they translate it simply as the great whales. But these are the this is the Leviathan, right? This is the great uh, Sea monster, the Leviathan, uh, throughout the King James version, and when we get Leviathan and Isaiah and in the different places, also they will just simply not translate Leviathan. So they're scared of these uh, sea monsters. But here's the sea monsters. The Tananim is the is the word here that's being translated here as as the uh, as the uh, you know as the great wells here. But it's the sea monsters. It's referring to the Leviathan and so forth in uh, ancient Hebrew uh, uh, mythology. And every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. A whale does not produce a fish, you know, or produce a uh, bird or produce a worm, right? A whale produces a whale. And every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was Tove. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seeds, and let fowl multiply in the earth. So, they, animals have the same commandment from God as humans do. When we, uh, He creates Eve soon uh, to be the uh, helpmate and the companion of Adam, they're commanded to go forth and produce and uh, seed after their kind, and multiply and replenish the earth. Animals are given the same commandment from God. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Let's look at 24 to 25. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, the same kind that it is. And the creep, and the cattle and creeping thing and the beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was told. Good. Now the next big one here. Don't you love it? And God said, now, does it say God? No. What does it say here? The Elohim, the plural, gods, the gods. said because there's one head God, but there's multiple gods underneath him. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, three members of the Godhood, and the gods said in the plural here form. Abraham is great, and when we read uh, Abraham, we get the plural gods translated in the English, but here is gods. If you're reading the Hebrew, if you take time to learn and study the Hebrew, which ideally everybody should, but obviously it's a great time-consuming event to do such a thing, you are reading God. So And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Now, that's interesting, too. What word is being translated here as image? It's the Salem, right? Salem is a physical, material object. It's the same word that's used throughout the Bible for false idol. It's a created it's a created being. It's, a, it's an object that's been created that's a material substance that's hard, you know, and you can touch it and you can feel it. So here the gods are saying, let us make man after in, the, in, in, in our image, right? And let us make man in our image as what? A material substance that you can touch and feel and that's been created, right? And God said let us and the God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion the over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and, and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth So not God singular so the Elohim the gods created man in his own image in the image of God created he them, the physical material substance. Male and female created he them. Oh, interesting. So once again, just as in verse 26 and 27 here, right? And now we get hint of there being a female god or goddess, right? A female goddess, that woman are created in the image of female goddess that also has a Salem, right? A a material substance for a body, right? It's right here. Now, again, in 26 and 27, we ask the question, who is the only church upon the face of the earth who believes in the Bible? And once again, we answer, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They do not believe this doctrine. These false apostate, non-biblical, Credo Christians who believe not in the Bible but in the creeds being developed 400 500 years after Jesus Christ, after the New Testament was written, they believe in a false God. They believe they don't believe that God is a Salem, they don't believe he has a physical body of flesh and bones as the entire Bible teaches because the creeds don't say that, right? There's a creeds that were developed by uninspired men who took it upon themselves to preach in God's name. They were not called by revelation or by the laying on of hands to do so. They sat down in these councils and created this false God that was just without a body. Interesting, right? Because Genesis 1 says he has a body. You know, he has a physical substance body that you can touch and feel. That's what Genesis says. But they believe he has no body, no parts, no passion, that he mysteriously floats through space and at the same time is nowhere present. So it's really a form of atheism because one times zero equals zero. If you have something floating everywhere, but at the same time doesn't float anywhere, it doesn't exist. It is a form of atheism. It is not biblical Christianity. It is not biblical doctrine those who believe such a thing are believing in an abomination. Now I Dr. Harrison did not say that. That comes from the Lord Jesus Christ as you as we looked at all last year in the doctrine and covenants when Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father appeared to Joseph Smith what did Jesus Christ say about such a false doctrine false uh, bibl- false non-biblical doctrine he said that it is an abomination in his eyes. He said that their pastors and their teachers are corrupt individuals, that they honor him with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. That's what Jesus Christ said. And that's what Jesus Christ said multiple times. Okay, so let's now continue on. Just, was it wonderful to be a member of God's true church upon the earth, to believe in the true God of the Bible? That's the only God I want to believe in and worship is the God of the Bible. I have no desire to worship a false god, a false god of the abominable creeds, abominable being what Jesus Christ called them. I want to be a biblical Christian, one who believes in the Bible and believes in the Christ and the God of the Bible. And we invite all of you to join along. You know, it's not just for the privileged few to join his true church, his true church and kingdom upon the earth. His invitation is all of you. Come, let him that is a thirst... Come to the waters of life freely, you know, and that's why we're going. To, at the end of this video, you're going to see a description. In the description of this video, I will place a link to reach out to the missionaries. Let them know you're ready to take upon yourselves the name of Jesus Christ to begin to believe in the true God of the Bible, the true Jesus Christ of the Bible, to be baptized with those who hold the priesthood and authority of God. And they will reach out to you, and they will help you along and prepare you for baptism so you can become a Christian, a true Christian. You can take upon yourselves the name of Jesus Christ, and you can go forward knowing that you are one of his, that he is your spiritual father, you know, that you are sons and daughters unto Jesus Christ. Let's continue now with uh, uh, verse uh, 31 here. Well, in 28, and God blessed them. We talked about this earlier. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the ever living thing that moves upon the earth. Again, the gods, the gods blessed them. Here's the, from the Elohim. And 29, and the God said, and, and we continue to get that. That's what the Bible says. Okay, so now let's look at... Uh, We said 31, right? 31. Okay. And God saw everything that he had made. And the gods, right? It's the Elohim still here. It's Elohim. Look it up. It's in the Hebrew, Elohim, plural. And the gods saw everything that they had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day or sixth time. And so we have Genesis chapter 1, what glorious Revelations are here, what glorious doctrine here when you read the, when you read it in the Hebrew makes it more understandable so you can better understand it, what a glorious uh, lesson this has been so far. We're looking now at chapter 2. Let's look at verse 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day or time, God, the gods ended their work which they had made. Now, that, the verbs are in singular because of the prophet Joseph Smith said, you know, as the false doctrine came through into the church and these people are trying to translate it based on their own theolo- theology and their own understanding. They don't know what to do with this gods, plural, when they only b- now believe in one God, which is not biblical. And so they start to translate it as, as they turn the verbs from plur- what were originally plural verbs matching the plural gods. They start to translate that as he, you know, as as he created, he made, and so forth. But the original did have the plural. This is also part of the great plain and precious truths that were cut out from the Bible by the great and abominable church, as clearly mentioned in the Book of Mormon and 1 Nephi 13, as well as other places. And on the seventh day, the gods ended their work, which they had made, and they rested on the seventh day from all their work, which they had made. And the gods blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it, they had rested from all their work, which the gods created and made. So the, the importance of keeping a Sabbath, a Sabbath day holy, whether you do so on, the, on Saturday, Sunday, Friday in some countries. The important thing is that every seven days you have a Sabbath. doesn't matter whether it should be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's not important. God doesn't care. God cares about the sacrifice of your hearts, the worship of your hearts, and your thoughts and intentions of the heart. So, therefore, uh, you it know, doesn't matter. important thing is that we have a Sabbath day every seven days in which we have a time set apart from our regular labors, uh, regular uh, affairs, and set it apart as a day to honor and to praise and to bless the name of the Most High God. Let's look now at verse 5, and we learn about the spiritual creation. And once again, uh, Moses and Abraham will just fill this out furthermore. So those of you who want to read Moses uh, chapter 2 and 3 and Abraham 4 and 5, uh, now uh, go, ahead and, uh, go ahead and do so. It's very similar what we're reading here and you know since we're working with the hebrew here as well you know this probably be more beneficial than if we were to look at that moses again is a, is a revelation on the king james version of genesis so it's going to say a little bit differently than what we're teaching here what the is the real hebrew behind the genesis text because he's working here with the king james version and then working with what inspiration he had to give to the people as to how it should read for those living in 1800. We're given a more advanced theological uh, PhD level of the doctrine here of uh, understanding of Genesis one, looking at the original Hebrew. Abraham will have the plural throughout, uh, being trans- the Elohim being translated as as the gods, as it should be. So as you look at Abraham, uh four and five, you'll see the God's plural, which is how we what the Hebrew says for Genesis 1, with the Elohim being the plural. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man, and there was not a it was there was not what? Adam to tell the ground. So first of all, we get the spiritual creation here of the plants being created spiritually before they're planted on the, you know into the earth. The herbs being created before they grew on the earth. All things are created spiritually. Man is created spiritually before he comes to the earth and takes up his body of flesh and bones. Animals created spiritually before they come to the earth and take upon themselves flesh and bones. A- 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 Plants and uh, fruits, you know, all these uh, plants and herbs and these things also created spiritually before they're before, uh, on the earth created um, uh, physically. So always created spiritually. Uh, will, when you read the uh, inspired versions of this, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Moses' revelation, now this will bear more fruit here to your um, uh, English reading uh, as, you'll, uh, uh, as it will specify that they were created spiritually. But that's what's the meaning behind this passage, clearly, because how is a plant created if it's not, you know, before it was in the earth, if it's not some sort of spiritual creation before it was planted in the earth? So, And there was not a, an Adam to till the ground, not man. This is not the Hebrew word Enosh. They could have used Enosh, but no, they are specifying an individual named. Adam, right, Adam and Eve, Adam, not man, not man, the Bible doesn't teach that. There's a lot of people, unfortunately, who who leave Christianity, uh, leave the church, leave Christianity, leave uh, even other Christian churches, uh, these credo-Christian, so-called credo, uh, non-biblical Christians, they often leave their uh, uh, churches as well. Based on some sort of uh, misunderstanding of uh, the compatibility of science and the Bible, problem is they don't read the Bible. Uh, they don't pay attention to what the Bible says. They they haven't studied the Hebrew to really know what it says, and so they they end up thinking. So they study science, and then they and then they think in their mind what the scripture says, and they think it's not compatible, and so they leave Christianity. That's just insane and ridiculous. Nowhere does it say that there was not man before Adam and Eve. There was not Adam to tell the ground. That's what the Hebrew says, right? Adam was not created yet. We need to create Adam. We don't know what other peoples were living on the earth at this time or prior to Adam. Not much is revealed in the the Bible or in other scriptures about them. Later, we're going to get to chapter, uh, I believe, in chapter 4 of Genesis. Uh, uh, would that be chapter 4? Uh, yeah, chapter 4, right, where Cain gets cursed, right? And he says, uh, uh, you know, I will be a fugitive in uh, chapter four, fourteen, I will be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. But yet, it's, you know, at this point, supposedly, it was... Adam, Eve, and Eve, and Cain, and Abel. But now Cain has killed Abel. He's not saying, well, my father, Adam, and Eve will kill me where, or you know, wherever I am, right? Who's these people he's talking about that's going to find him and you know and, and slay him, right? Then what happens, right? What does he do next? Then he goes off here in 16, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden, the land of Nod, named after Nod. Who's Nod, right? This you know, we you know, so clearly, right? Then what happens in 17? And Cain knows it and knew his wife, and she bared and conceived the conceived and bare uh, Enoch. So Cain goes off to the land of Nod, named after someone named Nod, that's not part of Adam and Eve's family, <laughs> clearly, right? Adam and Eve have only had Cain and Abel at this point in time. So land of Nod, they always would name places after people, right? So this land and odd where Cain finds a wife. So, you know, who are these people, right? So we're just not told much about it in the scripture. We know from archaeology now that mankind been around for, you know, thousands of years, you know, a lot longer than the fall of Adam. We also don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, right? Uh, we're going to see that coming up here in this next part as to where Adam and, where Adam was created. Uh, that's the next thing. People don't pay attention, don't read the Bible, and so they get presented with science, and they leave the, they leave Christianity. It's sad, you know, and silly, and, and ridiculous all at the same time. Read the scriptures. That's why God tells us over and over, read the scriptures. If you read the scriptures, have a solid biblical knowledge of the plan of salvation, of the history of the earth, and so forth, then when you present it with science, and it's fine. It doesn't bother you uh, one bit that they're finding people that are. You know, tens and twenty and fifty thousand years, and maybe going back two hundred thousand, and and all these sort of things that has nothing to do. That has nothing to do with Adam and Eve, right? So Adam is is not, um, uh, you know, and there was not Adam to till the ground. But there went up amidst from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground, and the Lord God. Ah, this is the first time we get the name of Yahweh. Remember. When uh, when the Jehovah, when the, the Jesus Christ appears to Moses in the burning bush, he tells them, "When you go, when you go back to Egypt and you go back to the Israelites, tell them that my name is not I am. That's a terrible translation, and we'll look at this when we get to Exodus three fourteen. But I, I, you know, I am Yahweh. I am Yahweh. I am Jehovah. I am Yahweh. That is the Lord here, Yahweh. When it's capitalized here in the King James, L O. RD we got Yahweh Yahweh here's Yahweh Hebrew and Yahweh God formed Adam okay so now Yahweh of course would be uh, it would mean something like he brings into existence he causes to be it's not I am that's a terrible translation but he causes to be he brings into existence so and and Yahweh God formed Adam not man not man Look it up. Chapter 2, verse 7 of Genesis is not man. Don't leave Christianity over uh, a false idea in your head. Read what the scriptures say. The scriptures say the Lord, Yahweh God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground. Again, archaeologically, there are men before Adam and Eve. It's very clear. All scientists agree with that. Nobody agrees that, that mankind was only uh, created at 4,000 B.C., and there's no nothing in the Scriptures to even indicate or to make you believe such, a, 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 you know, a, a, ideas like that, you know. Don't leave or don't lose your testimony, you know, based on the silly things like that. And the Lord God formed... Adam, of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And Adam, not man, and Adam became a living soul. And the Lord God, Yahweh God, planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Did you pay attention to that? That is huge. That is huge. A lot of people think that somehow this entire earth was the Garden of Eden and that somehow man did not exist prior to the earth. That's ridiculous. That's silly and is not taught in the scriptures. So what's taught here in the scriptures is where is Adam created? Outside of the Garden of Eden. There is a part of the earth that was called the Garden of Eden. Adam is created outside of the Garden of Eden. Then he's placed inside the Garden of Eden. Now we have other scriptures about Where was there no death? On the earth? Where does it say that? There's not a single biblical uh, scripture or scripture in any other of the standard works that teaches that there was no death on the earth uh, prior to Adam. There's nothing that says that. The... uh, the, uh, that's how we have archaeological findings of people who died before 4,000 B.C., you know, before the time of, of Adam's fall. Again, we don't know what year he's created here. It doesn't tell us. doesn't tell us if this was 4,000 B.C. doesn't tell us if this was 10,000 B.C. doesn't tell us if this was 200,000 B.C. or even longer than that. We don't know. But at some point in time, Adam is created. Then Adam is placed inside. Of the Garden of Eden is a separate location, the specific place on the earth, different from the land of Nod. We just looked at the land of Nod over in chapter four, right? We have got the Garden of Eden and Nod, right? Two separate locations on the earth. This land of Nod, named after whoever Nod was, and the Garden of Eden. Adam, we don't know what year it was he was created. At some part, he was. At some point, he was created. Place inside the Garden of Eden. We don't know how long he was in the Garden of Eden. There, we, we've we been taught to believe there was no death inside the Garden of Eden. We still don't know that for sure based on what God says. He doesn't say you're not gonna, you know, if, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, th- then you will uh, die, but you're not gonna die if you don't. No does it doesn't say that either, right? The day that you eat, Then that day you shall die. Again, the time being based on one day to the Lord being a thousand years. How long did Adam live? 900 something. I have to look it up exactly, but he lived 900. He didn't live to be a thousand years old. He did die in the day in which he ate from the knowledge of good and evil, right? But there was nothing in there that said that there was no death in the Garden of Eden. So this sort of stuff is just. You know, it's not taught here. And so people lose their testimony, lose their faith over things like this that they imagine in their head. Or maybe somebody once said something about it that's not standardized scripture. It's not in the standard works of the scripture. It hasn't been taught or believed by the majority, you know, by by the united voice of the first presidency in the Quorum of the Twelve, right? And, and these sort of things. Okay, so let's see. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put Adam, not man, whom He had formed. Okay, now let's look at fifteen. And the Lord God, Yahweh gods, took the man, took Adam again. It's still Adam. It's not Enosh. It's not the uh, other Hebrew word for man. This is. Adam, and put him into the Garden of Eden, from outside the Garden of Eden, to dress it and to keep it. Interesting how God always, the important parts, he always says multiple times. Here's the second time he's taught this doctor. Adam is created outside of Garden Eden. We don't know for sure what's going on outside there, other than the fact there is a land of Nod. There are people living there. Cain will marry into these people. So that's what we know. We don't know how many cities there are on the earth, how long they've been here, you know, this kind of stuff. You know, God has not revealed it to us. It's not important. We saw last week in the vision of Moses, sees many earths that are populated. But God says, only an account of this earth will I give unto you. Well, it's the same thing. God's saying, I'm only giving you an account of Adam's family. I'm not telling you about these other families that live on there. I will acknowledge that they exist, just like I did to Moses. There are other earths that are inhabited uh, with people, but that's all I'm going to say. There's this land of Nod that was outside the Garden of Eden where people lived, and even Cain married into that. If Cain had married had not married into those families, then God probably wouldn't even mention the land of Nod. But because people knew. Adam's family knew that Cain went off, married a woman from the land of Nod. That's how it even came into the biblical text of there being a land of Nod. But it's not God chose not not to reveal it to us. There's no reason to know. It's not important to our eternal salvation. Just know that that is the case, and don't lose your testimony, your faith, because you believe false ideas in your head. Okay, let's look at. Uh, did we say uh, uh, we looked at fifteen? Now look at 16 through 18. I and mean, we kind of talked about this uh, a minute ago. And uh, and Yahweh commanded the man saying, of, uh, commanded the man or Adam, right? This is still Adam. It's not Enosh. It's Adam. And Yahweh commanded Adam saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Within that, within one day for the Lord, 1,000 years on the earth, you will die. Literally fulfilled. It doesn't say he would not have died if he had not partaken of this fruit. People who who think that, but it doesn't teach that, right? You got to learn to study and read what the scriptures say and then believe what the scriptures say. Don't add things in your head to what the scripture teaches. The scripture does not teach here. Whether it's true or wrong, maybe maybe he never would have died, you know, and stuff. But that's not what Genesis chapter two is teaching here. It's not teaching well. He would never have died in the Garden Edom, but because he partook of the uh, the fruit, uh, now he's going to die in that same day, which one thousand uh, years on Earth equates well, one day for the Lord. It doesn't. It doesn't say that, right? It it simply says. That if you partake of that, you will die in that same day. That's all God's saying. Don't add words to God. God never said he's not going to die in the Garden of Eden. He doesn't say that, right? Maybe it's true. Maybe it's false. But it's, that doctor is not taught here. So you got to learn to study the scriptures and read and understand and believe what they say. All it says is in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Was that fulfilled? Yes, we learn later on he lived to be 900 and something years old. He did not live to be a 1,000 years. He did die in that same day in which he partook from this uh, fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And just leave it at that. Just leave it at that. Don't worry about it. Don't lose your testimony. Don't lose your faith over something like that. That's silly and ridiculous. And what a horrible end to your eternal uh, progress and eternal salvation to to let yourself... uh, be led out of Christianity, believing false ideas. Okay, and now well, the next thing we get here is great uh, verse here in uh, eighteen. And the Lord God said, and the Yahweh uh, gods. I mean, even there, you see, there is some kind of problem with the Hebrew because we're getting Yahweh gods, Yahweh gods, not Yahweh L. It should be Yahweh L, right? If it's singular, Yahweh L's. So probably more of a better translation would be something like Yahweh of the Elohim. There should be of here, right? Yahweh of the Elohim. Yahweh, out of the Elohim, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you know, and, 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 and et cetera, right? Um, out of the Elohim, Yahweh said, right? But even the Hebrew had, by the time the translation upon, you know, manuscript translated, to, you know, copied by manuscript, even the scribes in Hebrew are kind of getting confused by this notion as false ideas arose in ancient Judaism and in ancient Christianity that then led some of the scribes astray as to even figure out how to even copy it from scribe to scribe and transmit these, these uh, you know records. It should be Yahweh out of the Elohim said, so Yahweh out of the Elohim, Yahweh of the Elohim uh, says, Here in 18, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. It's not good for men to be alone. That's why we're commanded to get married and to fill the earth and to replenish and fill the earth through the marriage covenant. And so he says it's not good for Adam to be alone. And then he goes on how Adam names all the creatures, all the animals, and so forth. Then in 21, and this, of course, would be symbolic. The Lord God, Yahweh of the Elohim, caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Hey, they got it right this time. Adam means Adam, right? (laughs) We've been looking this whole lesson at how how man here is really Adam in the Hebrew, you know, and it should be translated as Adam. Well, here they finally get it right. And and, uh, a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he, Yahweh of the Elohim, took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which Yahweh of the Elohim had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, shall so symbolic, right? Man and woman are, are equal before the Lord, right? Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh one physically in the creation um, uh, action uh, they should be one fle- flesh in terms of they should learn to think alike and to uh, you know help plan their family and raise their family in truth and righteousness all is you know one flesh in agreement with each other to honor the Lord, and to bring up children unto the Lord. They should be one together, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and and in every way. He says here in verse 25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. And that's how it is, right? When you're righteous before God, you could be naked, and you would not be ashamed, right? Uh, uh, They have not sinned. They're innocent, right? They're in a state of uh, spiritual nakedness, and you know, and, and they're not ashamed. But unfortunately, sin brings upon people as part of its consequences shame and and guilt and, and regret and these things. And so people then, at that point, are not able to stand naked spiritually before the God. Uh, you know, they they do what Adam's going to do, right? In the coming weeks, he's going to go run and hide behind a bush, right? But you know that's the wrong attitude. The wrong attitude is not to feel shame and guilt and 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 try to run away from God. That's the moment we should expose our spiritual nakedness to God. Fall down on our hands and knees, plead with God to forgive us of our sins, wipe us clean and innocent once again before Him. You know, and He has promised throughout the Scriptures He will do so. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came to the earth to bleed and die. And to be crucified for the sins of the world, enabling the repentance process so we can repent to God, receive forgiveness of our sins, and be innocent once again and not ashamed in his presence. And I invite all of you, those of you who have unforgiven sins in your life, instead of running and trying to hide from God, come before the throne of grace. Bow down and and, and plead with him, with the Father of mercy for forgiveness. And he will wrap his arms of mercy around you. He will forgive you. He will welcome you back into his presence. You have to exercise faith and trust in him and his promises. Those are his promises. Reach out to him and you will receive once again that love and joy and happiness in your life. For those of you who are not yet members of his church, we invite you. He invites you. He invites you through my invitation today as well as invitations through missionaries and other leaders of the church church throughout the world to come. Come unto Jesus Christ. Come, join his church and kingdom upon the earth. Become a Christian. He wants to anoint you. He wants to anoint you. That's what Christian means. Anointed, chrism, anointed. He wants to anoint you. Come unto him. Let him anoint you. Become a Christian. You know, become a member of his church and kingdom upon the earth as it continues to grow and grow and grow in fulfillment of the prophecy in Daniel until it will fill the whole earth. I will leave again in the description of this video an invitation. Just click on that invitation. Let the missionaries know you're ready to come unto Jesus Christ and become a member of his church and kingdom. They will help you with what you need to get started on the path and the journey and they will be able to baptize you by the priesthood and authority of God uh, in the waters of baptism so that your baptism will actually count in the heavens. Your baptism will wipe you clean from the sins of this generation. We testify that the things we have discussed today are true. This is the word of God and the power of God unto salvation. Learn to study the scriptures. Believe what the scriptures teach, for that is the truth of God. And as you do so, then as you study science and as you study history and you study archaeology, it will not impact your testimony one bit because there's nothing that science has ever found that goes against what the scriptures teach. The only thing science ever finds are things that go that appear to be contradictory to what some people believe the scriptures teach without even looking or examining the scriptures and it's a shame and it brings a lot of regret in in their in those people's lives it leads them into inactivity from the, from the christian religion and then then they remove themselves from god they go hide behind the bushes adam and and rob themselves of the forgiveness of their sins of the welcoming arms of the arms of mercy don't be like that Come unto Jesus Christ, believe his words, study his scriptures, look at what the words are saying, don't invent and and think in your mind anything more than what the scriptures teach. And we testify of these things and of the great uh, glorious uh, restoration of the gospel uh, to have further light and revelation concerning God's plan has been restored through his prophet, the prophet Joseph Smith, along with other current prophets, seers, and revelators. Of that, we testify and leave our witness with you. We ask God to bless you in your life this coming year in 2022 with a safe shelter overhead, with food to eat, that God will bless you and help you meet the basic needs and necessities in your life, that you may see God's power move more upon you to bless and protect you in this year than you ever have previously. We testify that he lives, that he is your heavenly father, and that he loves you today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.